1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au
2: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood.
3: Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. You can follow us
0: on Facebook and Instagram at Real Adventures Show. Good morning to you, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick, and some massive news to come out of this week that's just gone by. Uh, I'm going to let you take us through it because Evan Root has now disappeared It has.
3: COVID-19, it has claimed its first huge casualty uh, in the boating industry. The 113-year-old US outboard engine maker, Evinrude, has been shut down, which is absolutely massive news. Now, the parent company uh, for Evinrude is BRP. Uh, They made the announcement... um, during the week, Thursday morning, and I quote BRP announced today, it has reoriented its marine business by focusing on the growth of its boat brands and new technology, um, which simply means, clearly BRP owns Sea-Doo. Is Sea-Doo going to be affected? No, it's not. No, it's uh, It's a product that, uh, BRP produce, but in terms of focusing on their in the, on their engine distribution, it will no longer exist when it comes to Evinrude etec. Massive news for for boat owners in Australia, Redmond. What does it mean if you're a current owner, or you've just yep you know you've just purchased a a motor, or you've been looking to purchase one? What does it mean when it comes to servicing warranties? It's a huge huge ramifications for Australian.
0: Well, first of all, if you still want to purchase an Evinrude outboard engine, you still can. Uh, Evinrude's, obviously, Tailwater's distributor, like you said, in Australia, but it has enough stock in place right now to basically make sure it's a smooth transition if you still want to purchase the, the stock that is available at the moment. And if you do buy it, your everything's still covered, Pat, so your warranty is all covered still. They're going to do that. I think it's a 10-year factory-backed warranty that they do, so... That from that's that's from a 25 horsepower right through to your 300 horsepower. So your warranty is still going to be in play, and your servicing. This is a big one as well for your maintenance of your of your engine. Your servicing will be covered. So they're going to supply uh, all the service parts that are needed, and they're also going to. Uh, extend all their service contracts also to make sure this is a smooth transition. Why this has in play?
3: So the replacement parts you're talking, so that that's unaffected.
0: Yeah, it's un- completely unaffected, and it's going to be a smooth transition. So if you have an engine, don't don't panic. Everything will be looked after, whether it's the warranty or the service side of things. Would you buy an Evinrude ET? No. having heard that. No, I just, in my own opinion, they say what they say there, and when they're not valuing off something, you tend to don't look after that clients as much as you should in my own opinion your thoughts
3: I really feel for the uh, for the you know the dealerships that have been dealing with them for such a period of time you know yeah dealing Evanrood and Johnson outboards for you know since they were brought to Australia we've got a that and I've still got our little Johnson three horsepower in in the (laughs) garage and all of a sudden you know these companies and dealerships that have been so loyal to the brand um, you know have it blown up I wonder if if it's you know, we've seen it being you know purchased by other companies um, previously. And that's what happened to Avenue. it was bought out by BRP. Um, I'm I'm quite shocked with it all. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's quite amazing to see. Now we on are a, on a positive note, though. Mercury, absolutely. So Mercury taking over, and we're going to chat to Dave Mann right now to talk through what it means for Tellwater and what it means for Australian boat owners. Dave, thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. No worries, Pat. Uh, when the team first found out that Mercury, uh, Evinrude were disbanding after 113 years, competition is, in any business is a healthy thing. You don't want to obliterate your, your competition because it obviously it, it helps you to improve yourself. You, know, you, you have competition in order to get better. What was the reaction from you know, head office when you heard the news?
2: Yeah, look, Pat, it's, um, certainly it's a big opportunity for us and, um, you know, BRP, um, you know, do have a pretty good footprint in the US. And it was a good opportunity for us. They own a couple of boat brands over there in the US. Um, so this is a global deal. Um, and their, uh, Alumacraft and Manitow brands there that they were selling e-tech engines on will now transition to Mercury. So it's a good volume opportunity for us over there. Um, and here in Australia with, with, uh, BRP buying Telwater. obviously they were um, pretty aggressively pushing Etech engines packaged on the back of Quintrex Facer and Savage so um, it's a huge opportunity for us to get back uh, in bed in what was a really great partnership with um, Telwater previously.
3: So that previous relationship that ended in 2011, how seamlessly uh, does this I suppose new relationship um, happen in terms of getting Mercury outboards boards on the back of those boats. How quickly does that happen when it comes to dealerships and the supply that you can provide to water?
2: Yeah, look, I think there's a lot to work through. This has happened pretty quickly. Um, We'll we'll be, um, which, you know, the ball started rolling. We'll be talking to Tellwater and it will be a phased approach, um, which we need to work through with them. They've obviously got a lot of um, e-tech stock that they need to move through, but Really, um, you know, there's already a lot of successful Mercury Tellwater dealers in the network and um, the transition from them will be seamless um, when that happens because at the moment now, Tellwater sell them a boat, we sell the dealer an engine, they put the, the two together. They'll still be able to do that in the future if they choose to or they'll be able to pick up the phone and ring Tellwater and, and uh, buy a boat, motor and trailer package out of the out of the factory, which will be turnkey, which is going to really help them from an efficiency point of view, and um, and being able to um, you know do a higher volume of boats, and and also free up their workshops, which is a, which is a real challenge for a lot of dealers in fitting up boats.
3: Dave, thanks for coming on Real Adventures this morning and give us an, giving us an update on the uh, the boating industry and also the motor industry.
2: Thanks, Dave. Good on you, Pat. Thanks.
3: Fascinating to see how that's going to play out over the next few months. You, you're clearly excited if you're Mercury. I always think, though, that the more competition that there is, then the better it is con- for,
0: for consumers. It's the whole yeah, argument. Because getting, you're getting more value for your buck, I guess.
3: Yeah, well, it's the whole argument with Virgin and Qantas, the importance of Virgin for the, um, the, the tourism industry, but also for, you know, for us, Joe Blows, flying from state to state. If it was just Qantas, then they can make prices whatever they like that's the the beauty of the competition between two businesses that are going really well so um geez mercury's had a had an really impressive few years haven't how, how,
0: how's the difference though like you go to a boat show now and last year was a prime example and you walk around the melbourne boat Show. i know this year is going to be a little bit different we're not having the boat show where it's going to be well, they're trying to do a virtual boat show now but what basically last year i noticed and the year before a little bit but you walk around and everything is mercury mm. mercury yep. flags. They've, They've spent, spent a, f- a fortune yep. to get to... But their product's good. And the product you can't is fantastic. Product, yeah. No, their product, you can't really beat. The technology that goes into their product... Yeah, they're really invested in it. Haven't they, they have massively. And not just in the product itself, but their advertising and marketing too, which, like I said, you walk around a boat, show and you see a mercury flag on every single stand. It, What does it do? It puts it in your head, doesn't it? You go, crap, there's mercury. Jeez, look at that. There's another mercury. Well, why has that got another mercury? And I can guarantee you... The next boat show you go to I reckon there's going to be even more flags <laughs>
3: uh, Redmond we spoke last week Django the uh, the whale Django. saver uh, he was fine the public outcry was enormous and you've got some news on that front
0: uh yes my good mate I'll call him a good mate I got his name wrong last
3: week
0: whatever I said <laughs> no he's uh, he's been let off Patrick. He has not got the fine from the uh, Vic Fisheries, which is fantastic news. Not Vic Fisheries, uh, Vic... sorry, Queensland Fisheries. No, no, My mistake. Vic... Mate, My, mistake. Vic... Mate, My mistake. Vic Fisheries would not have made that mistake. No, they okay. wouldn't. Right, have. They, they wouldn't have read the that. play. You, you can uh, read the play. I'll apologise on that behalf. That was a little mistake, but no. In saying that, he money was raised through a GoFundMe uh, page by uh, two guys that didn't even know him, and they raised twenty four thousand dollars to go towards his fine. And uh, basically, Django—that was his name. Django. Django? I was joking. I was playing with you, I was playing with you. <laughs> now, nah, Django has said that all the funds can go to the Sea Shepherd, which is fantastic news from uh, from from that result. Well, that result is fantastic news. Portland run
3: of tuna. We've had quite a few questions, just the difference between school fish and barrels.
0: Yeah, and you, you, people are going up there and catching um, some fantastic school-sized fish, which you never complain with. They're, they're good fun to catch, but... One problem that I have with school fish, and this is why I catch a lot more fish than other people, and I'm not pumping myself up. So listen to what I actually have to say here.
3: No, you are. Is no,
0: I target something, so I don't let myself get distracted. So if I'm going, I know if I go up there with you and I spent five hours without a barrel, you'll be like, no, let me catch a schoolie. Let me, you just want to catch something, and I understand that it's fun, but it's no. If you in your head you want a barrel and you want to catch a barrel, don't let yourself get distracted by the school fish. A lot of the time they're going to have similar. It's different, it's different bird life, Pat. So what I mean by that is those barrels are on tight bait balls, and you will pick schoolies off them, but a lot of the time you'll see just the odd turns coming through. You get blind hookups on your school, of fish, where, your school of fish, where your barrels are quite concentrated on a hard body of life. So I'm talking whales, seals, dolphins. Yep. So if you target those specific things, run slightly bigger lures, and you're going to catch more bigger fish than you are smaller fish. And this comes back down to all sorts of fishing, Pat. If I'm going out during the week, and and I'll say it again, this is why I catch more fish than other people. I don't get distracted. And I know it's easy to say, that's my job. And when you come on a weekend and you just want to catch something because you're just getting out there, which is fine. I understand that. But if you want to get your bag limit of whiting, don't get distracted by the school of salmon that comes up next to you on the right and pull up just to go catch them. Like I said, if you're out there for fun, I understand that. But if you're there to target something, make sure you don't get distracted and you're going to catch plenty more fish. And people make this mistake uh, quite often, Pat. So... Just have it in your mind. If you do want to land that specific species, just hit it and target that one thing. Uh, Tuna, Portland, overnight stay will
3: be allowed as of Monday. How does that change the game for you? It means, I dare say, that you'll
0: start to target them. Yeah, you're spot on. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. But in saying that, I'm not in a rush to get down there. Now, the reason for that is, comes back to what I just said there, the school fish are in prolific numbers. They are the charter boats are having a fantastic time down there catching their clients, so many fish. So if you do want to charter, go support them because they've been out of work for quite a period of time now. But they're not going anywhere. You've got the next couple of months when the school fish disappear. So as of June, July, the school fish will start to get thinner and they'll thin out a bit more. And then the barrels I find become probably easier to catch because that distraction isn't there and you don't get sidetracked travelling to birds that aren't barrels. So you still will got a good chance of going down there and targeting one, don't get me wrong, but I know a lot of people that have been down there who haven't caught barrels and they've come back with school fish. So for me, it's no rush at the minute, but I will be heading down there at some point, whether it is to catch a schoolie or a barrel or to wait a couple of months. But the overnight stay is massive just because I can now go down to our East Gippsland. I had Lakes Entrance Charters message me the other day and asked to come down and catch some whiting down there. And So there's going to be a few other options, Pat, around the state that we can do now and safely. Uh, Redmond, your week in fishing, let's get into it. It's been a
3: brilliant week of weather. We've been incredibly lucky for the last two months, really, particularly in Victoria, but right around the country, it's been pretty damn good. Um, you've targeted plenty of whiting. We've seen some huge captures of whiting, some 50-plus centimetre models throughout the week. Uh, your haul...
0: The, the whiting have been terrific, and I said on the show last week, this week, if you want whiting, now's the, week to, now's the week to chase it out of the month. So what I mean by that is every two weeks we have a moon, you have days of slow tides each two, every two weeks. Yep. So this week that we just had gone by is fantastic. The next few days are good too, but when that moon comes again next week, end of the week, it's going to be hard again to get your whiting. The yep. tides are going to slow up. If you have the swell come up by the end of the week and it pushes dirty watering, your chances go up. Be smart, fish in night times, like just before dark, early morning when the tides are slow. And also, the gummies offshore and the school sharks, the numbers that they're in, Pat, is if you want to feed a flake, head out there now. Chris Cassar, one of their Salt Guide team members, he headed out there during the week, and I know he had multiple days of big gumbos on his guide. So if you want a guide, give him a message as well. And out of the Port Phillip Bay Heads, he went both ways, down to western port, out the side of there, as well as the Heads, Port Phillip Bay and caught some terrific fish. So, gummies are in big numbers. If anyone finds any salmon down at Queensliff, send me a message, please, because I can't find any to save my life. I know there's some in Geelong at the moment, so I do need to get them, but if you down the South Channel or Blair Garry, send me a message, and I might send you a salt guide hat or something. So, that's what you'd be targeting, that you'd be heading offshore chasing gummy sharks? 100% and whiting, and squid, Pat, and squid in between. I do like catching my squid, uh, because of the bait and the food. It's so good to eat, and... Everything eats squid, as we know. So gummies, schoolies, schoolies are in big numbers. Don't know why, they've been fantastic. But whiting, that's what is the go-to at the moment. And also down the coast, you've got the swordfish. You've also got the bluefin tuna down the southwest coast too. But inland, the trout. And we've got a special guest today, Dan Mackerel, going to join us uh, for all aboard, who's going to take us all through uh, all things trout fishing. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Huge episode of Real Adventures
3: coming your way this morning. Plenty more to come after the break.
2: You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood.
3: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for The Social Club where we answer your questions from social media. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures Facebook and Instagram pages. The first question is for you, Redmond, or for us actually. Ray, boys, once... The stay overnight ban has lifted, which it will in two days' time. Where would your ideal place to head to be? Well, I suppose it, it depends where you go and chase fish, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does. And I said at the start of the show a few places. You've got Lakes Entrance down there. Um, when I say Lakes Entrance, I'm talking East Gippsland, I should say, Pat. You've got Malacuda, some fantastic fishing down there. Uh, the, i tell you what, the um, flathead at the moment, there's been some huge flathead caught out
3: of the, the, the estuaries up there brim it, as well every time you look online then, you just see the the, the next 90 centimeter fish the next 90 centimeter we are gonna
0: get one of those <laughs> it's uh so I, I think we need to start looking after those fire affected areas as well uh i think that's a massive one for 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 us to do as as fishing community because they got smashed by two or three things so let's be honest they've copped it a lot worse than the others so portland as well is a fantastic place to head down to uh they rely on the tuna fishery each year as well and what i mean by portland i'm talking you can get down to are we, to, are we allowed to travel into South Australia, to Port McDonald Pat? You can,
3: but you've got to go into isolation of two So you weeks. have so to go to isolation. I'm so not sure it's exactly worth it. What but about
0: if you launch at Portland and head to Port Mac via the boat? Because that's not far. Uh, it's, it's, no, it's a trip, but it's not super. People do it all the time.
3: I reckon you'd be safe. You don't reckon but I'll don't can... quote me on that. <laughs> so there are <laughs> you some options. You're just going to stay in your boat for two weeks.
0: Just... That might be perfect. Oh, now we're talking. But you've got Nelson down there, the rivers down there for the Mulloway part. Like this time last year, some fantastic Mulloway come out of there, Nelson down the southwest of Vic as well. But like I said, look after those areas that have been affected and uh, catch yourself some awesome fish that are on offer uh, throughout the winter because it is cold, but the fishing can be red hot. It's Leo, g'day boys. I live in Queensland and I'm planning
3: a trip to South Mission Beach which is around two hours' travel for myself. Can you name the techniques that work best for you guys when you fished there last year? Well, I'm not sure I'd be asking us when it – well, maybe more you when it came to <laughs> the, the techniques of uh, catching fish. Dennis Daly is the man that I'd go straight I'd, to.
0: I'd, I'd, give him, I'd be going on uh, the mission – fish and mission charter boat with Dennis Daly. I'd be going to nah, – Well, um,
3: you know, if you're going to go down there for a week, the first thing I would do is go out for a day on charter, Yep. talk to Dennis, grill him, you know, try and – you know, ask those those questions around tips and techniques,
0: it's, best places to fish. Well, what I'd be taking to answer the question as in technique side of things, what I'd be taking is uh, a numerous range of rods. So something really big to stop GT. So like an extractor pop or something, 80, so a big heavy samurai rod to cast poppers. Uh, live baiting rod, which is just, you might use an extractor, uh, I don't know, maybe 80 pound there, pat to 100 pound for a big fish with matched with like a 20,000 stellar. But if you want go in there just for purely... For a bit of fun. Like, you know, I I didn't you bait fished a bit up there, but I did I micro jig which is in shock for you actually. But for you would have been in shock that I micro jigged the whole time up there. know, the whole time. I, know, whole time. My, I was very impressed. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I micro jigged the whole time up there and I used a range of different styles of jigs. So they went from forty grams when the tide was a bit lighter and obviously when it picked up out there. Very tidal influence running along the Great Barrier Reef there. So going up in the size in the micro jigs. And I was just using a light jigging rod with a 5,000 stratage. And let's be honest, I couldn't stop the sharks, but I could stop most of the fish there. If you do want to land a few more, we were there for fun and a bit mm. of camera work too, Pat, wasn't it? So you can up the, you can up the uh, ante on it a fair bit and on the rods if you need to, and you're going to catch some, uh, some awesome awesome fish up there, let's be honest. Uh, question from John. Sorry, Patrick. I let you hang in there. I was waiting. Usually it's me. Sorry. Uh, danger. Look,
3: I understand that I, I run the show. <laughs> you know, I keep everything flowing. But every now and then... You
0: get the odd question. ...you have something to do. Well, John has asked, Danger, has there been any reports of salmon along the beach of Mogs yet, or towards Longway? I live two hours away and I do not want to travel that far if there's no reports coming. So down... Down then the uh, Great Ocean Road there, Patrick. Wouldn't know. i
3: not allowed to travel. i uh, not allowed to fish. Uh, I have seen a lot of people fishing along the uh, the coast there, Redmond. Um, but unfortunately, uh, no playgrounds, no fishing, no surfing for athletes at the moment. So strict, <sighs> strict. very strict. strict but am I? You're sunning yourself in uh, Queenscliff, and I'm just.
0: You know, I just for, for really to... enjoy sending you photos. Just like, uh, you've got to go run around and chase a ball while I'm catching fish.
3: Yeah, I know. It's been, it's been <laughs>
0: wonderful. Uh, Redmond, last question
3: is from Tom Phillips. Hi, boys. I've designed or building a new boat. Um, when it comes to rod storage, I fish for pelagics a lot and tuna. Would you store your reels and rods on a rocket launcher, heavy duty, or would you have them as vertical uprights off your gunnels?
0: When I'm travelling... I always have my rod in the vessel. So the reason for this is... When I say all my rods, so Game Gear especially, like your Tiagra's and that, I don't like traveling with them up there because it's a lot of weight and it's a lot of money. So I travel with them. And let's be honest, you don't well, have it's, 12 of them out.
3: And let's be honest, it's actually my rods. So.
0: <laughs> no, they um. always travel in the hull. Uh, so when squid rods and whiting rods too, I don't like traveling them with them, them up there either, up the top, because yep. they're so light, they can bounce out. My gummy rods and snapper rods that you got your 8,000 Saragosas on and your 5,000 reels are a bit heavier, I always travel with them up the top. Uh, just to get them out of the way. But once I start and get somewhere and start fishing, everything goes up the top and clears the deck.
3: Even Because I've never seen you fish with game rods off a rocket launcher.
0: Uh, So I run a shotgun when I'm trolling, and I always have one up the top, but I try and... But in terms of I'm talking... When you store them Yeah Like they're always in oh, they're, Yeah they're always in the hull I don't store them up there No it's just too It's too much money Pat and, to, and imagine if it snapped The welds on the thing Comes down and hits a bloke In the head Like I know it's not gonna But if it you does You just yep. Well welds will break it's, they're, like I know they're Very good these days On all sorts of boats But If a weld breaks And if Tiagra 50 Comes down and hits you In the head Pat You're gonna be pissed off pretty bad with me <laughs> so if you've got a
3: question for aaron or i make sure you send it into our social media pages and our social club at real adventures it's now time for our dream boating destinations a dream boating
0: destination for this
3: morning is lake
0: eildon redmond yes it is and it's somewhere that i went to quite a bit when i was younger i actually remember my father getting a hook through his finger wedged into his jumper <laughs> and we ended up in the hospital in the hospital in front of the hospital in the car waiting for him to get that taken out. I just I don't even know how I remember that because I was so young, but that did happen. It's about three hours from Melbourne, and is it's basically a dam, Patrick, that covers 138 square kilometres in size, which is huge. It's a massive. massive it's a lake, mate. It's, it's a, a lake. lake. It's a lake. Uh, there's parts that reach up to 79 metres deep. Deep. Yep. that's deep. That's very deep. So you think about seventy nine meters in a lake like that's massive. Like, imagine what's down there. Does anyone deep drop in there for sorts? <laughs> is that why you get such big fish? Obviously, you've got well, such a huge think, water body to fish. And Vic Fisheries, I think they do a fantastic job with all their uh, catch and release. Uh, sorry, their uh, stocking stocking of the yep. of the lake itself. So I think they do a fantastic job. And there is so many fish to catch there. I know. I swear, every second week when I log into the Vic Fisheries Facebook page, the Releasing fish fingerlings in there So it's uh, it's it's fantastic what they do there But there are plenty of options on the lake Not just fishing either You've got houseboating Like I said Fishing all different sorts of uh, water sports You've got the high country houseboats Which you can give a call You've got BMS Lake Eildon tours So you can give them a call Also and do a tour of the lake Because it's a fair bit of history That goes into the lake as well Pat uh, You've also got Lakeview boat hire So if you don't want to tow a boat up there You can hire a boat And go catch yourself some fish Or take the family around the lake And have a look yourself If you're an expert like Pat at everything uh, If you want to <laughs> If you also you got the Anchorage houseboats again Which if you're after another houseboat uh, With the fishing side of things You can catch huge cod in there Pat Last year this time Some seriously meter cod come out of there Jim Credlin I know he did some of his best work out of there So some huge cod will come from that lake Uh also, fantastic size trout in there. And I know after the COVID got lifted, I did read a post on uh, on social media saying the fish were waiting for us. So there's some awesome trout to be caught in there now. You've got yellow belly and redfin also. Uh, different types of uh, methods to catch fish and different times of the year. So power bait works really well at times. Slow trawling at certain times of the year will give you better results. Um, but even at certain times, maggots and mud eyes will be better than lures. At, and, and what you've got to do is you need to go to the Eden Bait and Tackle, there's a tackle store there and and I've heard some nothing but fantastic reports from that tackle store. Support local. Support your local. Why don't you just head in there, have a chat to him, because Pat and I can tell you what's happened last week on the reports up there, but we're not living there. I can tell you what's going to happen here because I'm doing it, and that's why we get guests on to help you in the areas. So make sure you drop into your local tackle store, talk to the owners and the workers at the tackle store and uh, they'll give you a chop out on where to fish and what to use whether it is mud eyes power bait or your slow trawling lures places to stay just quickly Big Four Taggarty Holiday Park we do love our Big Fours Patrick Garwin Park as well which is another nice park I did look at that on the social media to check it out and Goss Pay Holiday Park is another one so plenty of places to stay there's cottages all around like I said the houseboats too so check it out all the information just chuck it into Google and uh, you'll be able to book something nice
3: Lake Eildon is our dream boating destination for this morning. On
2: Real Adventures,
3: it's time to get all aboard
2: for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy.
3: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard thanks to the Dometic COB 26 Cooler Bag. Keep food and drinks cool on your adventures. One of the best tournament fishermen in the country joins us this morning. Pro angler for Frogleys Offshore, Dan Mackerel. Good morning, Dan.
1: Morning Pat, how's things
3: today? Uh, going very well, well not as well as you and Aaron at the moment because you both can fish and speaking of <laughs> fishing, you've been absolutely nailing the trout of late.
1: Yeah well, with uh, well, we have nearly 50 days off fishing, that's probably the longest hiatus I've had in a long time so it was actually nice to get back out in the water so I've done a few trips now down to Lake Parham beach down here and um, yeah it's been quite good actually, there's that's a really nice fish moving around the edges, pre-spawned so... Um, yeah, we sort of really had a really good time sort of picking the, the weather windows to try and find a, the sunnier days with a bit of wind to get up there, um, sort of just cruising around the edges in the weed beds and sort of fishing the, the windier parts. Um, at the moment, we sort of had a bit of success showing some big surface lures actually, so it's been very visual, now, pretty awesome watching.
0: Just, just going to pull you up there, Dan, before you keep going. Yep. You, you say the windy areas and picking the windier days along with banks. Uh, for yep. someone, for example, like myself, who doesn't do a hell of a lot of trout fishing, but why? Why are you doing that?
1: Um, just gives, I suppose, the fish a bit more cover. They're a bit, they feed a bit more freer, or they're a bit more aggressive in those sort of conditions. And I um, suppose just cruising along with the electric motor in the windier areas at the moment. Uh, most of, most guys we go and anchor up and fish for the trout, are sort of in the calmer, sort of the lee areas. So we sort of find the fish the gnarliest places to get to get better bites at the moment. So
0: and what? And you said you're using some. Uh, bigger, I think you said, was it stick baits, did you say, or poppers? Just some
1: bigger surface lures, yeah. Surface surface. About, about 90mm long, uh, just big long casts with the weed, actually right up into the weeds and um, ripping them back out there trying to try and get the trout's attention. And then, yeah, we sort of had some pretty awesome surface strikes. You sort of miss a lot of fish as well, but then we've had a bit of success casting some little soft plastics plastic in behind to get a switch bite as well. So that's been pretty cool.
3: For For anyone that hasn't fished, uh, that region before what are the tips and the tricks that you know you stick to or you you offer advice to for those that haven't fished there before particularly Parambit because it's a it's a great place to fish um, but yep. for those yep. that haven't been there before it can be daunting because you look at no, you know, right. where do I go yeah you'd be right cool. It catch up to depths of about 60 meters in some areas so
1: look, <laughs> um, if you want to come and catch a redfin by all means come down in, in summer you can catch them in their, in their droves pretty much anywhere you go but um for myself to go and chase the trout. The winter months are sort of where it's at. Um, for summer months the trout sort of sit really deep in that sort of 40-50 metre range and, and for me that's sort of out of where I want to target them. So um, the winter, the cooler water, they get right up in the edges and feed actually in the weed beds. So casting lures and sort of stalking arounds around is a bit easier to do this time of year. So it's worth braving the, the cold winds and chilly days.
0: Speaking of chilly days, Patrick, I just want to uh, read what Dan posted during the week. <coughs> Whoa, there was one... That was one hell of a cold start to the day, minus one degrees. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure... If yeah. he, I know he's a good fisherman, but I'm not sure how smart he is.
1: Oh, well, you gotta, you got to do silly things to get good do on you? as you know.
0: That would have been freezy, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, it was cold. It was cold before the sun came up, and then I reckon once the sun came up, I reckon it dropped another couple of degrees again, with
0: is things, but it was, yeah, it was nice. All right, so the next... Yeah. Well, next, well, you said trout through winter. So the next few months, where, where besides Beach, where else would you target these trout and what, what different areas?
1: Yeah, oh, all the crater lakes down here are a really good time to fish through the winter months. Um, so you've got Lake Olingamite, Lake Bulimera. which just had the boat ramps reopened again, and there's a really good rainbow trout and chinook salmon coming out of that already in the last just a week it's been open. Bay um, Pyrambeet's always a, a good place to go and catch that the trophy trout. So I've sort of seen fish upwards of 10 pounds, I reckon, in the last two weeks, moving around the shallows. So I haven't put hooks into one yet, but I've certainly seen them. Um, and then obviously, yeah, all your rivers and through the otway and that sort of stuff, are always worth a, a good chase at the moment with the stalking the trout. Uh,
0: what other species, I know that you, Brim's are Brim's massive uh, species that you target, is it worth yep. chasing them in the coming months? And I know COVID's had a bit of an effect with tournaments and so on, but will you travel anywhere to get yourself some big brim?
1: Yeah. Well, and again, this time of year is actually normally a, a really good time to chase the brim. So before the, the big rain's hit and you get the really dirty runoff. Uh, most of the estuaries, um, the brim will be starting to really school up in, in big numbers. So this is a time you can go out and sort of catch um, upwards of 50 fish in a session if you can, if you can get onto the, the right patch of fish so, um, we've actually done, done a couple of trips now down to Curtis River, um, and both of those days have yielded um, nearly 100 fish a day. So it's been really good.
3: Dan, off the top of the show, Aaron and I were talking about the fire affected regions of Australia and how it's really important to support those local communities. Um, you know, that you couldn't have picked a, a worse 12 months to have um, yep. commercially for those towns. Uh, one of the places that you clearly love fishing, we've seen it right throughout your social media pages at Dan Mackerel Fishing on Facebook, um, is Gippsland. Um, take us through your, your travels there when you'll be heading back because it's it's one of the great fisheries in Victoria. You can do basically everything there, whether it's inland or, or fishing offshore for swordfish, um, and it's one that we really need to make sure that we support. Yeah, you're spot on.
1: Also, thankfully, with the, the tournament schedule we have, um, we've had a few tournaments that have been sort
3: of postponed, but they've been
1: actually, yeah, put on to, to later the year. So it looks like I'll get to go over there probably five times, I think, in the last three months of this year, which will be nice. Um, we always look forward to getting over to Gippsland. It is the home of, home of Big Brim and, um, all the, the tournament guys love getting over there, but look, I suppose it is especially important to get back over there and support those smaller communities at the moment after the, uh, the destruction they have with the fires and whatnot. So, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to getting back over there.
0: Little bit of a question off topic here. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten reels that you service during COVID, all of the same size. Is that necessary?
1: Well it is, mate. I suppose yeah, with the tournament fishing you can only fish one <laughs> at the same time, but um I suppose when you're when you're running and gunning all over the place you'd like to have different lures and uh, different bits and pieces tied on so you can just put one down and pick one up, so um, look, I don't just go and fish for wilding, mate. Just use the one rod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. You, you, you do need a few different things for road, so to
0: speak. So. Oh, that just, I, know, I was just about to say to him, what are you doing next week? I'd love to come for a fish with you. would to change it up. And <laughs> Now I know where I stand, so I won't bother, Patrick. Well, you, well, you, you won't need to bring your rods, will you, mate? I'll have plenty rigs up for you. So. Well, that's a good point. Dan, before we
3: let yeah. you go, you obviously do a lot of tournament fishing, and no doubt there'd be plenty of... Um, other anglers throughout the tournaments that run Evanrude E-Tex. Now, with the news that they have totally disbanded and will no longer run, does how do you see that affecting the the boating industry in in Australia? And more particular, I suppose the tournament type boats, because you clearly run a, a beautiful yammy on the back of your boat. Um, is that gonna is that gonna be interesting to see how that influences the industry?
1: Yeah, possibly will, actually. That was actually news to me. I hadn't even heard of that one. So it shows you how, how busy I've been at work the last few days.
0: But, um. It's only just come out. So the last couple of days. So we're, we're breaking news on real adventures. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, look, there are, there's quite a few guys running there, especially on the Bathboats that really prefer that, um, the two-stroke power. But I think what we've seen in the last few years with Mercury sort of releasing some, um, pretty impressive V8 engines, um, I think they've sort of really got a good stranglehold in the market. Um, and there's, there's plenty of options out there with Mercury, Suzuki, and Yamaha. It's always a shame to see see someone closing up and avoid and going over, but there's always someone there to fill it too, I suppose. So.
3: Beautifully said, Dan. Thanks for joining us this morning on Real Adventures. If you want to follow Dan Mackerel on Facebook, Dan Mackerel Fishing uh, is his catch cry. Um, thanks again, Dan, and uh, we'll chat to you next time.
1: No worries, guys. Catch you soon. See
3: ya. It's time for Reds Review. We're talking life jackets this morning.
0: Yeah, that's spot on, Patty. Axis Life Jackets. It caters for all water activities and it's starting with your kayaks, Pat. Like, I know you love your kayak fishing, so they've got jackets to suit and comfortability when you are sitting in a kayak. And when you say jackets, we're not just talking your standard life jackets. You actually get it's actually a jacket. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of jackets, and I've got a range, a few of them in front of me here. So you can get them from just your waist belts through to your, your your U-shaped ones that tuck over your shoulders right through to your jacket. So uh, tinnies, normal boating, and even blue water racing, they've ventured out into that market, which is huge. So some seriously boat racing. Uh, Axis is the first Aussie manufacturer to install the hammer hydrostatic mechanism, which is the system of the automatic inflation system. And what that means is basically you fall in, it self-inflates. So if you hit your head on the side of the boat, it will self-inflate. And I think that's a great thing to have. Uh, And like I said, they reckon it works pretty much spot on. So you're not going to have rain that drops on your jacket, Pat, and all of a sudden, boom, boom, blow up. So it works with the water (laughs) pressure. Um, To purchase some of these, uh, the reason I say this is I did some research to try and get some prices and where you can get them from. And Pretty much every single marine shop has these, any decent marine shop. So I know, just to name a few male marine, MY Marine Centre just in Victoria, that every place you go to will have uh, pretty much these jackets. And if they don't, I'm sorry, but the next one will. So just drop into the next one. So there's plenty of places you can buy them. Now, for prices, your normal pullover jacket, which is just your normal U-shape pack, you know, the one that you throw over your head, and you'll see most boaters have, that, have those ones on these days. Excuse me, that was around the 100 to $140 mark. A couple of different qualities. So when you go there, just if you want a bit cheaper, $100. If you want the slightly better one, 140 And there's only a few variances through it, but probably worth it if you do want to spend that extra dollar. The Axis Inflatable PFD Commercial. Now, I thought this was pretty cool. So people go, oh, commercial, who works on the water? There's a lot of people who work on the the water. So you've got Coast Guard, you've got Water Police, you've got the dredging companies, you've got... Uh, the tugboat guy, you've got numerous different avenues of people that work on the water and the commercial vessel, uh, the commercial jacket comes with a high-vis reflectors on it and being a bright yellow uh, jacket pad so it reflects really, really well. It's also flame resistant and it's just perfect for the workplace so it's going to cover you with your high-vis needs and the safety that you need and they're around... 200 bucks. so tell your boss to buy one for you if you are working on the water. This is the next one quickly. You've got the Pilot Jacket, which I love, Pat, and I know that I gave you one as well. It's a fantastic jacket, perfect for fishermen and boat. It's warm, comfy, and versatile. The arms detach, which is massive, so it then turns into a vest. So those mornings that aren't quite chilly and they're a bit cold, but you want to just keep your chest warm, chuck the jack, take the arms off, and all of a sudden you've got a vest. Around $300, but a little bit more for the inflator. And this one's the one I just want to mention quickly, Pat, before you wrap me up, because you're looking at me for time. Access Waist Belts. You've got a waist belt. This is terrific. And old Tony, I hooked him up with one of these for down fishing in Queensliff. So he fishes by himself and he wears that big old yellow jacket. You know what I'm talking about. This one goes around your waist and there's times that where I would wear this. If I was fishing in Port Phillip Bay and around Cottage by the Sea area now, you have to wear a life jacket in there, Pat, by law. I don't think it's... If I'm fishing with a mate, I don't have to wear it anywhere else in the bay, but I have to wear it there. So for instance, I'll put that on. I won't know what's on and, it, and it does, I don't find it dangerous to be fishing there because the problem with these is you do need to activate the jacket yourself. So you need to open it and pull it over your head and that's how the jacket works. So if you're in a safe scenario or if you're in for a lake and you feel like that nothing really can happen, you trust yourself, you just by law have to have it or you want to have a jacket on. If you do fall in, this is a perfect item for you. It's 60 bucks. You can go get yourself from, like I said, any store. And like I said earlier, most marine places will sell these.
2: You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood.
0: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's Tip. Redman, what do you have for us this week? This, coming off the back of the whiting being so good last week, and I said how good they were going to be with regarding the tides, and we've got still got a few days over the weekend, which is a perfect time to get out and land some, some gummy sharks or school sharks, and there are plenty out there all through winter. Uh, do you fish the same way for them? Uh, so, as in for schoolies versus gummies? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, the reason I do is because the schoolies aren't in the numbers that the gummies are as such. Uh, like, I mean, I'm, say you and I headed out tomorrow, I'd be confident we'd get a few gummies. But you might not get a schoolie. Yeah. But you, you've got to be a bit lucky with the schoolies because the teeth that, the teeth on them are shark teeth and they will bite you off and they are so fast. They yep. are so fast. Well, you're not using traces when it comes nah, to I'm not. fishing for gummies, Just are you? No, I'm not. Just an 80-pound leader I use and the, the thing that we use with gummies is circle hooks and everyone that catches gummies from myself to gwain to Chris, we all use different size hooks at times but we always use circles. Yep. So I run a bit smaller. I know gwain runs 8 O's. Uh, Chris runs 8 o's. I use 7 o's. I love them. Oh, it's just a preference. And between the two of them, there's not a hell of a lot, but there's enough. But you can make your own preference on there. And I just like the 7. I, I, it just sits really nice. The go 7 seven o Octable Circle is the exact hook I use if you want to check it out. So, so you let
3: them run, clearly, if yeah, you're going so, to use circles. Well, once you get that bite, you just let
0: it run. Yeah, so it's a little bit different. So in the ocean, what happens is the gummy picks it up. And because you're in deep water and your boat swings and you're not fishing hard tide like you are in Port Phillip Bay, and this is the gummy picks the bait up and has time to swallow it so before it runs so it swims with it and before that tension comes it's had enough time the circle's had enough time to do its work so it's gone in the mouth to get swallowed and it rolls out and hooks it in the corner of the jaw so not only does it help with your hook up rate much better uh, but it also helps with releasing these fish if you do want to release them so you can use uh, like I said before you can use straights but circles I wouldn't be using anything other than circles I'd be running just your your, your ras baits, so off the bottom. When you're there, get a young fella. If you're out with a young fella, to catch some bait off the side of the boat, whether it's the blue throat ras, parrotfish, or whatever it is, you can you can you can use any of that to catch gummies. But number one tip is. Salmon. just You can't beat it, Pat. You just cannot beat salmon. You'll catch slimies, cooters. Fresh or frozen, what are you... I could not care less. I had salmon that come out of the freezer from this time Pre-COVID. last year. No, it was <laughs> 12, this time 12 months. It, was, it was actually, no, I lied to you. It was September last year when they were at Blairgowrie and I've been looking for them early. September last year, I went out during the week and we caught some fantastic gummy sharks on nearly 12-month-old salmon. So, ideally fresh is best, Pat, and I will always say that, but if you do have salmon in the freezer and you can't catch any, I'd be taking that out before anything else. It just works. And using your nice big chunks as well, Pat. So nice big chunks. If you start to use fillets out there, it'll work against you because you're fishing reef. So the rats and the likes will steal the flesh off that fillet and leave you with just the bare skin. Where the chunk holds together, it's harder for the rats to get it out so they don't bother as much. So nice big chunk baits. I'm talking, what, three and a half inches probably Two and a half, three and a half inches in between there, depending on how big the fish is. If you've got a massive ras that's you would probably you want it a bit skinnier, but it'll be longer in length. Yep. And then if you've got a nice salmon chunk, it might be slightly wider, but because it's more chunkier, as in the size of it, so the width might be a little bit bigger. So you need to balance it out. But nice big chunky baits, and you'll land yourself some awesome gummy sharks over the well, whenever you can get out next on them. That was Red's
3: tip. Time for the Flying Gaff. The Flying Gaff this week is a pretty simple one, Redman. Trapman Bermagui, one that we love to follow on our social media pages. And you can follow us on our Real Adventures social media pages as well. Um, Photos during the week sent in uh, in Tassie um, of a bluefin tuna that was literally dropped at the ramp after a few small fillets were taken off the uh, back of it, Redmond, and then it was just left.
0: Disgusting, and it did happen in, in Victoria here.
3: Oh, sorry, Victoria.
0: No, no. You, well, this did happen. This was actually no. This one's Tasmania, but it did happen here in Victoria last year as well. I the did numerous too. Numerous yep. barrels being dumped in the Bowen River, which is just crap. It's just yep. I mean, oh, if mate, you're not
3: going to use every bit of the fish, then don't go. keep just it.
0: Just let it go, or yep. catch a school fish and keep the school fish. So yeah, like you said, they chuck, they cut a chunk off the tail Pat, and because you got some, you yeah, some. It. There's some fascinating.
3: Uh, survey results uh, during the week. The Recreational Fishing for Southern Bluefin Tuna Australia report for 2018 and 2019, the national survey that went out, it, it came back with some really interesting data with recreational fishermen and commercial
0: fishermen. You want me to fire a few across? Absolutely. All right, South Australia. Uh, so this is an estimate, total harvest. Uh, they did surveys. I won't go into too much because I haven't got a, t- a lot of time. So basically there was a h- 101.8 tonne of bluefin tuna that was caught in South Australia, Yep. 75.2 tonne was landed by private boats, 26.6 tonne were landed by charter boats, Uh, the release rate with wreck boats were 22%, charter boats were no release rate, Victoria, 82.6 tonne were taken, 55.5 tonne uh, which by wreck and 27 tonne by charter, with a 31% uh, release rate for Victoria.
3: So it goes through all the different states and their uh, capture results and. Catch and release, the yeah. amount of tons—like it's a really interesting read—and
0: yeah, only come out during the week. And Scotty Gray had a big part of this. And if you were down at the Portland boat ramp, and even warnable where they did it, you are—they you, come up to you with a book, and what they'd ask is what you've caught, the size of the fish you caught, and they'll take their measurements and do their thing. So you got to remember, there were a lot of fish that weren't in on this as well, because yep. fishermen would have caught it without them being there, the survey guys. But this is a fantastic idea, and well done to recreational anglers who participated, and the charter boat crew that I know from the Portland region that did, and I know many others around the country. But well done, because this is only going to help our fishery in the future, Pat. That wraps up the show.
3: Thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. Redmond's going fishing. I'm going to training. We'll see you next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.